Welcome! This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. Uh, today, we're going to be rounding off the series we started at the beginning of the month, which is what? What's the series? Raising Godly Families. And we started by looking at raising Godly children. Afterwards, we looked at raising Godly things. And then we went to raising Godly women. And last week, we looked at what it means to be a Godly single. And today, we're going to be wrapping it up by specifically talking to the men raising Godly men, but also addressing a number of life issues. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're sitting by a man, help me just elbow him and say, today my day. Hallelujah. Amen. Guys, I don't want to shout, so give me some volume. Hallelujah. Today, today's song is there's no shouting before. I want it to end <laughs> Hallelujah. And you see, a lot of things we're going to be talking about today are things that God has shown me personally through my life and my walk with Him as well. And things that I've seen from scriptures. So, there's nothing I'm going to be telling you today that is from just my experience. It's going to be from God's Word because I too am still on that to teach <laughs> from God, yes. Um, a lot of the times, especially when it comes to family, when it comes to principles that we, may, we must walk by, it is not enough to rely on just individual experiences. Because guess what? Your experience will be totally different from my experience. And also my experience will be totally different from his experience and his experience and his experience. And you will be but the common line are that the principles from God's word never change. The principles from God's word does what? Never what did I say? The principles from God's word never, never change. The same way it applied 6,000 years ago is the same way it will apply today. Are you with me? And so it's important that we do not just follow people's experiences alone, but that we take dressing from God's Word. That we take dressing from what God has revealed to us. Is it possible to have all wisdom? No, as a man, because men are men. Only God is what? Omniscience. Are you with me? Omniscience means having all knowledge, all wisdom. But guess what? The same way I cannot empty a river into a glass cup is the way the analogy between my knowledge and God's knowledge is. So what do I do? I ensure that at all times my cup is full. Are you with me? 
As long as my cup is full at all times, I'm fine. Praise the Lord. And so we're going to be looking at a couple of things and how God has dealt with people over time, especially from a man's perspective. Especially from what? A man's perspective. And this doesn't just apply to married men. It applies also to the younger men that are coming up and that are, you know, going to get of age soon. How should you conduct yourself? How should you prepare yourself? What are the things that is required of you to do by God to be able to lead a domineering and a victorious life? Are you with me? Because when God made you, he gave you dominion. Praise the Lord. Now the first thing we're going to look at in Genesis chapter 6, verse 8, 13 to 22, and Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 5, is the fact that the first and most important principle for a man, the first and the most important what? Principle for a man is that God has given you the responsibility to be the visionary. Are you following me? The responsibility of the person that receives and takes the vision for his home, for his family, for his life, and runs with that vision is the man. Are you following me? If as a man you are not the visionary of your home or of your life, then you cannot be the captain. A very simple analogy. In a ship, who holds the glass that sees far? Let's, let's look at 17th century ships. Now when I'm talking about ship, I'm talking about those big ones that go on water that, you know, sails on voyage. Who holds the thing, that long thing that is the, what do you call it? The spyglass. Who holds it? Who? Who? Research it. It's the captain and the captain alone. Who stands in the middle of the ship and wheels one small wheel that directs the ship where to go? So what it means is that the person who sees or 20 years from today must be the man. Are you with me? When God made Adam, the same way the first thing God did to Adam was to give him a vision of what he wanted for him. You know what God told man? In Genesis 1 verse 26 and 26. 2028. 20, he says, he said what? He says, have dominion and rule over the earth. Are you following me? He told the man to have dominion and do what? To rule. He told the man to take charge. Meaning the person who determines where his or her family goes is the man. So if things are not going the way that it's supposed to be in the family, guess who's at fault? It's you, the man. If your children are not where they're supposed to be, or your wife is not at the place where she's supposed to be, guess whose fault it is? It's not the woman's fault. It's you. Because the vision 
the vision for even the woman, the children, and every other person God placed in your hands. Some of you may be like, no, it's not, it's not correct. But let's look at some scriptures. Genesis chapter 6. At this point in time, God was tired of the earth. Things have happened. A lot of things have happened. I really don't want to go into to manage our time. And God wanted to destroy the earth. But also, God wanted to preserve the earth. So God was at the crossroad. He was angry about the things that were happening. And he was not willing to allow it continue. But because of his loving nature, he also wanted to preserve the earth. And so the Bible says God looked for someone who was perfect. Perfect in that sense is not perfectly working. And that's why I said I didn't want to go into some digression. Because at that time, it got to a point where the human race was no longer pure. If you read scriptures, the Bible says the sons of God referring to angels have come down and infiltrated the entire human race, cross-breeded with all humans. And so there were giants in the earth. No, you didn't have a pure breed again. Only a few people were pure breeds. And that's why I said perfect. Because if you look at that same scripture, it talked about two things. You cannot use those two things side by side. He said God looked for a just man and he found Noah. Noah was the one. Let's look at it. Genesis chapter 6 um, verse 8. He said, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Why did Noah found, find grace? This is the genealogy of Noah. Verse 9. Noah was a just man. Meaning a just man, someone who was in right standing with God. And the end of that scripture says Noah walked with God. So that's why Noah was a just man. Noah, you know, reverenced God. But he said, and perfect in his generation. So the perfect there meant he was a pure breed of human that God had made. And because of that, God came to Noah and told Noah his plans. He gave him the vision for the next phase of life and told Noah to do something. Build an ark. Many of us read the scripture and we think Noah built the ark in five days. Some of us think Noah built the ark in ten years. Do you know how long it took Noah to build that ark? 120 years. That was his entire lifetime. For the entire lifetime of a man. Because actually Noah lived up to about 800 or 900 years. But that was basically, right now, the entire lifetime of a man. And guess who Noah did it with? His wife, his children, his sons, all of them plugged into that vision that God had given Noah. Not one of them said, ah, I'm of age, I don't marry, I didn't go to my house. Are you following me? They all came into that vision, God gave Noah. Why? Because Noah was a just man. Noah brought up his family in the way of the Lord, in the way they should go. Are you following me this morning? It was Noah's responsibility to put his family into the vision God had given him. And the Bible says, if you read that verse, that scripture down to verse 22, you will see something. The Bible says, thus Noah did according to all that what God commanded him, so did what he the next scripture, Genesis chapter 12, verse 105. Another time, God wanted to separate a people unto himself and teach humans how to relate. 
consistent basis. Are you following me this morning? And what did God do? The Bible says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, God came to Abraham. Remember, Abraham was an idol worshiper. Are you with me? Abraham was not walking with God at that time. I'm sure God would have gone to many other people to give this same vision he gave to Abraham to them. But they would have gone, which God is this? Is it Shango? Is it Ogun? Is it... Are you following me? The Bible says, but Noah obeyed God. This was the first time Noah was hearing from God. He said, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I would what? Show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and thou shalt be what? A blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Verse 4. So Abraham did what? Departed as the Lord had what? Spoken to him. Please, if you're sitting near a man, help me nudge him and say, what has God told you? Ask them. Don't let them strong face. Ask them, what has God told you? What did God tell you we will be in 10 years time? Praise the Lord. And guess what? If it means this, for the younger ones you are even in a better space if you are not married yet, this is the time to go to God and ask Him, what is the vision for my life and my what? Family. Five years from now, ten years from now, where are we going? How are we going to get there? Because the second most important thing after this is what? You are the person, when God has given you the vision as a man, you show others the direction to follow. So the second most important principle as a man is that what? You show the direction for your family to follow. For a man in the society or wherever you are in the sphere of things, guess what? God has put on you a natural leading ability to show others the way to what? To follow. So the question is, are you really directing or showing the direction or are you doing anyhow? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalms chapter 119 verse 105. The Bible says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and what? A light to my path. Your word is what? A lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What this means is that as a man, you go to God's word to get vision. A lamp to your feet is what? A lamp to your feet is direction. When it's very dark and you're walking in a very dark place, what do you do? You put on a torch light, right? What do you do with the torch? You put it and you see where to go, right? The word of God gives you direction. The same way the word also gives you what? Vision, a light to your path to see far ahead of you. If as a man you cannot see beyond where you are today, then you are not ready. You are not yet mature. You are not yet ready to lead the way God has destined you to lead. 
Are you following me? Now, this is the natural order. This is the way God has ordained it. And believe me, that's why you see people who have not come to this understanding get into marriage and they don't know what to do. If as a man you think marriage is all about sex or marriage is just about enjoyment, after seven days, reality will hit you. Your wife will wake you up and say, Honey, where are we going in this life? They will ask you that question. You know why? God has put the natural ability for vision and direction in you. It's your responsibility to tell them what? This is the path or this is the course. This is where we are headed. Praise the Lord. If you ask a lot of people today, especially those who have married way before now, I say that because nowadays a lot of things have turned on its head. That's why we're having a lot of failed marriages. For example, let me use a couple here which I know have been married for quite a while. I'm going to use mommy and daddy here. Let me ask a question. So I'm going to ask mommy the question. When he was proposing to marry you, how much did he have in his bank account? Wasn't much. Did he have a car? He had a car. Okay. Did he have a house? He had a house. Uh, was he a big boy? So what did he tell you that made you believe he was going to be able to take care of you? Let me ask some other questions. Sorry, let me let me just how long have you been married for? How long have you been married? 
The top principle and the top important thing is this. When God made man in the garden, are you seeing how the sequence is going? For men, are you with me? I'm talking to the men now. Have you seen the sequence? Have you seen women matter in many of them? Please help me talk to a fellow man and say we arrange your priorities. Yes, because especially for the young ones, that's where you miss it. Yes, the singles, the young teenagers, this is the sequence. Are you with me? If you miss it and put woman first, I pity you. Early grave. Are you with me? God knew what he was doing when he designed man and arranged his priorities. Whatever God does, his work is perfect. Are you following me? And even when God had made man, when God put man in the garden, the third principle and the third thing God gave to man was this. Join me. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to do what? To do what? To do what? To tend and to what? Keep it. So what it means is that before God would bring, this is the garden of Eden. Do you know what the garden of Eden is? Flexing. Enjoyment. No sorrows. No, no hassle. But guess what? Even in the garden of Eden, before God brought a woman, he gave man work. Are you following me? Are you following me? God expects you when you have vision and you have the direction when you receive those things from him, you channel that energy into what? Into work. God put man in the garden and gave him the garden to do what? To tend. Who planted the garden? Was it man? Are you following me now? Man did not plant the garden. But God put him there to learn work first before woman was brought in. So guess what? For men, God expects you to take work seriously and earn a decent income. Earn an income first before you start thinking about woman. Some people don't like that. That's the word. If not, guess what? In verse 15, in this chapter 2, verse 15, God would have said what? It is not good for man to be alone. Did you see that coming in there? That came in in verse 18. After a long time, before God now said, ah, this one will die of loneliness by Levanites. Are you getting me this morning? For a man, God is interested in you bringing out those abilities he has put in you and channeling them to create value. Channeling those skills to create value and to work something before you start thinking. In fact, in Genesis, God, Adam was not concerned at that time about the companion. So we must realize that God has our back. Are you following me? God has your back. It wasn't Adam that went to God and said, I'm lonely, sir. God knows. 
But God needs you to bring out what is in you and reproduce it and create value before you. Well, many of us turn it the other way around. May God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalms 19 verse 17. And I'll tell you the reasons why it's like this. Psalms 19 verse 17. The Bible says, and let the beauty of the Lord be what? Upon us. And establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish what? The works of our hands. So what this tells me is very simple. If as a man you don't have work in your hands, the blessing of God will come upon you. Regardless of whether you have work or not. Are you following me? The Bible says his blessings are what? They are yea and amen. It means that as long as you are in Christ, the blessings of God will come. But what does the blessing of God come to do? It comes to multiply what you have in your hands. Are you with me? The blessings of God comes to do what? Multiply what you have in your hands. And that's why God told Abraham, in blessing I would what? Bless you. And so that you would become a blessing to others. It comes to multiply. So guess what? If there's zero work in your hand, what would God's blessing multiply? A billion times zero is what? Some of you are not seeing the results of God blessing. Check the value you are creating. Check whether you're creating value or not. Check whether there is work in your hands or not. Are you following me? Because when God's blessings come, what's in your hands will be what? Multiplied. And when it's multiplied, God begins to teach you different things. The first is, is that he teaches you how to separate your bread from your seed. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 10. He says, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. Who supplies the bread and the seed? Who supplies the bread and the seed? Meaning, God gives you your bread. He gives you your daily bread. He gives you work. And within that work, there is an income. And within your income, there is your bread you need for your daily living. And there is what? Your seed. God multiply. But do you have a seed God multiplies? Do you know what a seed is? I'm going to take my time one of the Sundays to teach about this in depth. Though I already have a sermon on it, if you go to our YouTube page, you'll see that. A seed is not your offering, it's not your tithe, it's not your offering. A seed is what you put out. Investment. And that's why in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 9 to 10, it says what? He says, okay, I'll, I'll come to that. Ecclesiastes 11, 1 to 6. It says, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Either seven to seven and also to eight. You do not know which, you do not know what evil will come on the earth. Verse 3 says that the clouds are full of rain, they will empty themselves upon the earth. And um, down to verse 6, it says, In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do what? Do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper. I don't have time, I'm just mentioning it, like I said. I'll deal with that later. But as a man, you need to realize there's a difference between the bread and the 
darkness. These are the principles God will teach you. The worst thing you can do as a man is to fold your hands. The worst thing you can do as a man is to sit down and expect God to just do things and do everything for you. Are you with me? And I'll tell you from scriptures, this is what happens. When you do that, this is what happens. It says in Proverbs 6, verse 9 to 15. I'll just take 9 to 11. It says, how long would you slumber, O what? O sluggard. You know what that means? O lazy man. How long will you fold your hands? Oh, lazy man. A little sleep, a little what? A little largesse, a little enjoyment. What will happen? A little folding of the hand to sleep. He says, What? So shall poverty run after and overtake you. Yes, this is the consequence. For a man being idle. And that's why even God, after planting the garden of Eden and ensuring that everything was in it. Because when you read the scripture, it says everything that was good for food was in it. He didn't tell man, oh yeah, go and eat and marry. He said what? Go and tend. Go and keep it. Go and work it. Are you following me this morning? He gave man work. If not, the other side is poverty will follow you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the number four thing, quickly, my time is up, I'm just the fourth thing, this is where a woman's matter now comes in. Are you following me? Are you saying the sequence? Are you following me? This is where God, see God teaches you how to work, how to tend the garden because, and I'll tell you this, because every man is called what? On your wedding day, what are you called? What are you called? A groom, right? A bridegroom or a husband man. What does a husband man do? From my Greek. What does a husband man do? What does a so a husband man tends, right? A bridegroom or a groom, what do you do? You groom. What does it mean to groom? To take care of, right? So what did God give Adam to do? So you see, God was already teaching you what He wants you to do. God teaches you to tend. He teaches you to groom. He teaches you to take care of. So that by the time He now relaxes and says, Oh, it's not good for Sonny to be alone. Oh yeah, faith. You know how to what? How to tend. You know how to take care of. You know how to groom. If she was looking one kind before, now all the men should be running after her because you have groomed her well. She's not going to tell them yes, don't be afraid. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So God teaches you to groom, to take her off before he brings a woman to your life. If not, you will treat them anyhow. Are you following me this morning? So he teaches you to groom, he teaches you to take care of before he brings a woman to your life. And quickly I'm going to address this very important 
staying with husbands, those who are married. Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm going to talk to both husbands and wife here quickly. Because a lot, Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 19. Because this is one of the things that is, you know, easily misconstrued in our doctrines and sermons and, you know, especially in this part of the world that we live in. So it talks about submission. You see, God teaches you as a man to tend, to take care of, to groom, before he brings a woman into your life. And when he brings a woman into your life, he expects you to do the same. He expects you to tend, he expects you to take care of, he expects you to groom, he expects you to make better. If your wife is not better than the way you met her, you are not a good man. Are you with me? If she hasn't improved her life after you met her and married her, guess what? You need to repent and align with God. Are you following me? Because that's your job. If your wife is not doing well, then the failure is not your wife, it's whose? It's yours as a man. That's why God also gives you the vision of your home. Not just vision for your life, vision for both your home and your family. If your children are not doing well, whose fault? You, because you are not teaching them. It's the responsibility God expects from you because of what he has given you. Praise the Lord. Quickly, I'm going to touch on this subject of submission. Verse 20, Ephesians 5. It says, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit of one says, submitting to one another in the fear of what? I don't have time, I'll just ask questions. But submission is one point that has been really misconstrued. And in the family, most times, all we hear is what? Wives submit to your what? And that's all. But from that same scripture, one of the first things God taught me is that in marriage, submission is not one way. Are you following me? Submission is what? It's not one way. And that's the scriptures. I'll, I'll show you here how to submit. The Bible says in verse 21, it says what? Submitting to one another. So who is supposed to submit? Both the wife and the husband are supposed to what? Submit. I'll show you how. Because the Bible shows us how. So when it starts from 21, that submitting yourselves one to another in what? The fear of God. It tells us how. For the wives, he says, submit to your own husband as unto the Lord, for the, for the husband is what? The head of the wife. Meaning, for women, the way God expects you to submit to your husband is to respect him. Are you with me? Is to respect him and be subject to the leading God has called him to. Are you following me? For women, that's the way God has mandated you to submit. That's why it says, submit to your husband as unto the Lord. How do we submit to God? In reverence. We submit in reverence. We submit in humility. We submit our will to him. Right? The woman, that is the same way God expects you to be subject to your husband. To submit to him. For the men, the next verse shows you how you 
Next verse. Verse 25. This is how husbands are to submit. Husbands do what? Simple. Are you with me? Love your wife the way Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He died for the church. He gave himself for the church. He stripped himself of the things he would naturally want to do so that we could be joined with God. Are you following me? So a husband, if you want to submit to your wife, what are you supposed to do? Love her to death. Are you following me? And guess what? You cannot have a submissive wife that doesn't have a loving husband. Neither can you have a loving husband who doesn't have a submissive wife. Because also, some men will say, ah, how about if she's behaving anyhow? How do you behave to Christ? Do you behave well before God loves you? No! How many times do you go to God for forgiveness? So she does something and she comes to you and you're doing uh, uh. Excuse me? Are you following me this morning? If God did not want the, you who are on the child of God I'm a believer and making heaven. If God did not require good behavior from you before He loved you and died for you, don't require it of your wife before you love her. Are you following me? This is scripture. This is God's word. This is how it should be. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Man, I hope you will not relieve me after service. But that's the word. And lastly, I'm going to say just a few things. In Proverbs 22, verse 6, the Bible says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he would walk. As a father, you must teach and guide your children. As a man, even before you get married, start praying for your children. Understand from God the vision for their life. Are you with me? Guess what? I knew the names of my children even before I got married. Mm. Yes, already knew their course and their, the, the path they were going to take in life. And so guess what? I'm guiding them alongside. When you have a vision for your home, God will guide you around so that you will train the children in the way they should go. Are you following me? As a husband, you have no choice but to love and to groom your wife and to treat her with care. Let me show you something that will shock you as men, but it's not in me talking in the Bible. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It says, All the men, please stand up and read with me. All the men, both young and old. Both young and old. One, two, three, go. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with what? Dwell with them with what? With what? Giving what? As what? And what? 
because they are what? They are joint hands with you to the grace of life. And why should you treat them well? Say it again. Say it again. All the prayer warriors. Can you see? If you're a man and you want your prayers to pass the roof, eh? what are you supposed to do? Are you with me? Are you with me? This tells you God is important. He's interested in what happens in your home. Do you see it? If he wasn't interested in what happens in your home, he would say this. He knows they will be emotional at many times. He knows they will do this and do this and do that. What did he say? Treat them with understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together for our men? Please have a seat. And lastly, as pillars in the society, as pillars in the society, we must show a godly example for all to follow. Are you following me? We are pillars in the society. God has called every man to be what? A pillar in the society. We must show the godly example. We must show others how it's done. We must tell the world of today that is misguided what God's word says about us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And finally, to the singles, I'm going to end on a light note, very light note. This is strictly for the singles and for those of marriageable, not let me say marriageable age, for those at the point or the maturity of getting married. You have ticked the boxes that we've talked about. You've ticked the box of what? Vision. You've ticked the box of direction. You have understood what? Work. How to tend. How to take care of. You understand how to groom. The Bible says don't be afraid to take the step to find a wife. Are you with me? Proverbs 18 22 says, He that finds a wife does what? He that finds a wife does what? And when you find the good thing, what happens to you? Favor from God. If you are at that stage where you are right for marriage, please find a wife. Find a wife. What God does for you is that God backs you up by granting you favor. To ensure, to tell you that He's with you and that He needs you to show the world how it is done. Are you with me this morning? So for men, being a man, like they say, is not a day's job. But it all starts back with your maker. You must be a man of vision. You cannot just live life just like that, anyhow. No. You must be a man who understands where he's going. You must know the direction, the course you are to chant for your life and your family. Also the society, because whatever you do as a man in the family rubs off on the society. You must understand what it means to nurture 
what it means to groom, what it means to tend, what it means to take care of, what it means to create value and to make better. And when you have ticked those boxes, God can trust you to find the wife. Because he knows that when you start a home, you will build it according to the way he has instructed it. Can we bow our heads this morning? My job was to just point you in the direction you needed to go. If you're a man in this place, I want you to stand up and I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to pray that God open my eyes to see where you are taking me and my father. Give me a vision for my life and for my family. If you're a man here and you don't yet have a vision for your life and family and you're married, ask God for one. Let him show you. Let him direct you on what you ought to do. He will not just give you a vision for yourself, he will give you even for your wife and your children. He would also give you for the, the, the job, the work he has placed in your hands, how you are to affect society. He will not just stop at that, he will tell you how. The direction is the how. He will show you how to go about it. All of this comes from God. Ask him for it. If you're a woman in this place, I want you to stand up and just go straight to the nearest man by you. I want you to hold your hands and pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for strength, pray for wisdom, pray for vision, pray for direction. Pray that God would multiply their income, would multiply their seed, would multiply the works of their hands. Pray that these works would truly be pillars in the society. Pray that these ones will have direction. Pray for them from your heart that these ones will be men indeed. Pray that these ones will not fail God, neither will they fail themselves or their families. strength from our inner man. In 
Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at CGMI underscore L Springs.